Hello, and welcome to Pause Pop, Positively Pop Culture, where we talk about the things we love enthusiastically and without guilt. I'm Carrie Gester. And I'm K.W. Taylor. Today, we're discussing two movies with very different tones, the, <laughs> the horror film Barbarian and the new Netflix movie Enola Holmes 2. Yes. These could not be more different. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm really curious about Barbarian because I don't know much about it. Mm-hmm. Was this like an extension of Spooky Season? Yes, yes. I watched this like right, I think r- technically right after Halloween. And so let me, let me preface this both to you and our listeners that <laughs> okay. it is actually more ideal to go into Barbarian not knowing anything know as little as possible. I will go ahead and tell you and our listeners some things to set it up. I will be as limited as I can while still being a little bit more descriptive maybe than is ideal. Okay. I only knew the very basic premise going in and I'm so glad because it has so many twists and turns and is uh, very cleverly constructed. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. So this is currently uh, streaming on HBO Max, and I think maybe also airing on regular HBO. But it it came out in theaters a little bit ago, I think this past summer, summer of 2022. Okay. So it is a horror movie. Um, it's written and directed by Zach Kreger, and this is his solo directorial debut. Um, he's done some things like in collaboration and stuff. And yeah, it's it's very complex in terms of the plot and the structure. It's extremely unique in that regard. So I'm just going to kind of give the sketch of the setup and not really get into some of the twists and turns, except to say that things are not always what they seem. Okay. Okay. (laughs) So if anybody wants to go into it, not knowing anything, pause this and listen to this after you've watched it. (laughs) Okay. So we meet uh, Tess Marshall, who is played by Georgina Campbell. I mostly know her from a really good episode of Black Mirror, um, and she's excellent. Okay. And so she is coming to Detroit for a job interview. She's interviewing to be a research assistant for a documentarian, which I thought was really, like, sounds like such a fun job. I totally (laughs) want to do that. So she, as part of her interview stuff staying in the city she has rented an airbnb okay and it's like a little a little one bedroom cottage um that's probably like you know early 20th century and it's raining when she comes and it's it's just pouring and so she you know does your whole airbnb check-in of running in and she activates the code to get into the house and the key is not in the little lockbox. So she calls the property management company, the number that's in her email confirmation, and there's it's just voicemail. There's nobody answering. She tries a couple times and nothing. So she's like, oh, man, I don't know what to do. And it's just like, you know, emergency situations. And it's pitch black out. It's totally in the middle of the night. So Jeez. she sees a light on in the house and she's like, oh, what is going on? So she goes ahead and knocks on the door. And there's this guy, Keith, played by Bill Skarsgård, and he's already staying there. And he's like, I rented this through, and he mentioned some different app that's similar to Airbnb. Okay. So she's kind of like sketched out and like whatever. 
and he's like, well, this is dumb. And so he goes ahead and invites her in and they're going to just like call and check and see. And I think she asks him initially before she agrees to come inside to look at his confirmation email. And he's got the same kind of thing. They're in the house together now and they have the same phone number to call. They both try again and they're not getting anything. So she's like, all right, well, I'm going to try to book a hotel. And she tries a couple of places and he's looking up on the internet and finds out there's some medical convention in town. So there's no, there's no hotel rooms to be had. Okay. So they kind of like discuss, they both seem a little wary. She's more wary than he is. And finally, you know, they negotiate that she's going to go ahead and stay there for the night. And there's some discussion about where, and he agrees, like, let's just, I'll go, I'll give you the bedroom, but he's already been asleep. So she's like, well, I'd rather have fresh sheets. So (laughs) they wash the sheets. And so she's got a ways to wait for the bedding to be all clean. And so they sit up and talk and stuff. Okay. And I, I don't know that I really want to give too much more away. Yeah. Let me say the rest of the cast that Justin Long is in it in a really interesting role. Okay. I don't know that anybody else in it is super famous. It's kind of the three of them, but there are, the movie almost has like, three or four separate distinct sections that have different tones about them and the threat feels different in each section and some of the elements i'll just kind of say is the idea of gentrification specific to detroit blighted neighborhoods socioeconomic inequality police negligence and also, like, the Me Too movement. <laughs> okay. okay. <laughs> and there are bits that are very kind of moving, like emotionally touching and stuff. There are bits that are laugh out loud hilarious. Oh. Really, really, really funny. And there are bits that are just so scary and upsetting that you want to shrink into your couch. Wow. Okay. <laughs> yeah. And I don't want to oversell it because ultimately I felt like, wow, that was super unique. I was very impressed with it and enjoyed it. I also feel like do not make a sequel to this. Like I don't want there to be a barbarian verse or whatever. Yeah. More barbarian barbarians with plural or anything. No. Okay. And it's it's hard to want to tell you more because I do think that the less you know, the better. There are ver- there are things that are specifically wrong with the house (laughs) and i will i will say too there's nothing supernatural okay so i'll say that there's not as many there's not so much jump scares there's things that are psychologically upsetting and gruesome and i will say too there are some things some moments of violence that are pretty upsetting and abrupt so there's like you know so okay this is definitely r-rated it's you know bloody in bits but it's also not constantly it's not like a total blood bath or anything so i i absolutely think you can handle it you personally (laughs) not everyone in our audience (laughs) i cannot handle this (laughs) no no you can't you can you can you can there are also some interestingly feminist messages okay and tess is a woman of color and she is so beyond heroic in places and just that was really nice to see. And I think they do some interesting things with Bill Skarsgård and Justin Long playing 
slightly against type for each other. Okay. And that was very cool. And there were some like things that might build a deeper mythology that I was curious enough about that I did, you know, kind of go online and look at fan theories and whatnot. So it is that kind of film. But but yeah, I just oh man, it's yeah. It's hard to say more. Okay. If I'm trying to think. Like if you if you are spooked out about like houses and what lies in and beneath houses. Um, this is very spooky. And okay. yeah. That's specific. Yeah, 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 yeah. It it's very good at meshing genres of horror and crime and mystery. Okay. There's some parts of it that remind me of one particular very upsetting X Files episode that has a reputation for being the grossest X Files episode ever. Oh wow. And so I think there's some inspiration drawn from that. But like I took a whole graduate school class on inequality in the US and there were books that we read, um, some of which were about Detroit's kind of decline and renaissance. And it really brought some of those things in mind too. So I feel like the uh, filmmakers did some interesting research. And yeah, I mean, it was just, yeah. I also think that it has like, if you're annoyed with the way Airbnb and similar short term vacation <laughs> rentals have decimated the housing industry yeah. and caused a lot of rent and mortgage things to go way, way, way up. This is satisfying from that standpoint <laughs> to like hate these people who do this. So yeah. <laughs> okay. And the incompetence of some of these services. So yeah. I don't think that Airbnb literally and the other app are specifically to blame for these characters predicament mm -hmm. but they did not help <laughs> <laughs> and you do not like incompetence i do not so <laughs> that is i think that uh tess as a character is herself super competent and that is also pleasant okay. so yeah i don't know the music is spooky there's like atmospheric like music that feels like just noises like upsetting oh yeah like they're using instruments as noises and it's I mean, let me hang on this so the music is by anna drubik and boy she created an atmosphere that is like bleak and you know there are lots of shots of like entering dark rooms with like a a noise underneath and it's just yeah Amazing. so it's gotten very, very good reviews, as it is definitely deserved of them. Okay. I just want to put it out there, because Anna Drubik sounded familiar, and I just looked her up, and she co-composed two of the Fear Streets oh, last year, the horror cool. movies, yeah. part one and part three. So, cool. Yeah. Yeah. Well, she's great. Yeah, she is. I. <laughs> <laughs> you know I'm not going to watch this, right? <laughs> You're going to watch it. You're going to watch it. I don't know. I might, after we finish recording, I might just go look up the plot synopsis. Like, oh, all the spoilers. no. No, 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 no. <laughs> I I have to admit, I did that with the movie Don't Worry Darling because I didn't necessarily want to see it, but I did want to know. So I, I feel you, but I think you could handle this. Watch okay. it during the day. Watch it during the okay. day. And you'll be completely fine. It's not, I didn't have any bad dreams or bad feelings after. And that's with living in a really, really, really old house. So, <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds good. People may want to check their basements afterward, though. So, oh, just... crap. <laughs> <laughs> 
But let's leave our listeners with something much cuter. And this is another movie I've had my eye on, the sequel to Enola Holmes. Tell us all about Enola Holmes, too. So much cuter. Uh (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so we talked about the first Enola Holmes back in Mm -hmm. 2020. And I didn't play D&D last night. No one was available. And I was like, well, gosh darn, what should I do? (laughs) And I watched this, and it was very, very cute. I was doing some crafts while doing it. So if you remember the first movie, it stars Millie Bobby Brown as the title character, Enola Holmes. And she's the teenage sister of Sherlock Holmes. And it's directed by Harry Bradbeer from a screenplay by Jack Thorne. And this one, the first one, adapted one of the Nancy Springer novels. And Mm -hmm. this one I think is just like its own story. It's not based on one of the novels, but if you're interested in reading them, Nancy Springer has this Anola Holmes series. I think it's like young adult. Mm -hmm. So at the end of the first film, Anola Holmes was like very proud of herself for cracking her first case and she opens a detective agency so we see her at the beginning of this movie at her detective agency and it's not doing very well oh i know i was like what do you mean it's like right off the bat i was like no i want her to be successful no one wants to hire a teen detective (laughs) surprisingly not and the people who do think they are going to sherlock holmes's thing oh yeah so they're all like where's sherlock are you the secretary and she's just <gasps> like no yeah it's oh, real sad rude. <laughs> i know so she's kind of actually getting ready to close up shop because she's not getting any clients really mm-hmm. when this young girl she's like 10 walks in her name's bessie and She's played by Serana Suling Bliss, and she's a match girl, and she walks in and asks for help finding her sister, Sarah. And and Enola is like, um, of, of course I'm going to help you. And <laughs> one of the things that I really liked about it is she, like, I think it's partly because she is herself a teenager, but she always takes Bessie seriously, and even though she knows Bessie's a match girl and like is not gonna have a lot of money she she takes the case because she cares it's not like she's in this for the money you know which I think is really great she just wants to help people and um she goes back to Bessie and Sarah's where they they live it's I think it might be like a boarding house or something a Mm -hmm. lot of the match girls live there and you know looks around and she runs into May who is older and older as in like i don't know 20 or something but she works at the match factory as well and may is really antagonistic she's like what are you doing here why why are you helping bessie she's you know 10 she doesn't have any money like she's not very nice to enola and enola just kind of ignores her and goes about looking for clues (laughs) (laughs) and throughout the movie you see kind of flashbacks to Enola learning from her mom, played by Helena Bottom Carter. So she 
thinks about this moment where her mom was like, you just have to pull on, pull on all the loose threads and eventually, you know, you'll untangle the mess. So she's like, May is a loose thread and she goes to follow her and she ends up at a theater where she's a dancer and she realizes Sarah worked there as well. And she kind of bribes, I don't know, one of the guys who works there and she finds out that Sarah possibly has like a secret suitor because she finds uh, a coded message but it's it's in the form of a poem and she's just like wow this poetry is so bad (laughs) (laughs) and it's just i don't know it's funny so she starts to unravel all these threads and she deduces from the poem that she needs to go to this certain place in Whitechapel, and when she gets there may is actually dying she was just stabbed oh and she discovers a piece of sheet music in May's dress. And and May is, like, is still alive when she gets there. So she tries to help and she gets blood all over her hands. And then, like, shortly afterward, the police come. And they're like, well, clearly you are the murderer because you have blood all over your hands. Mm-hmm. And she leads them on a merry chase through London. <laughs> <laughs> And she ends up at Sherlock's. So part of the arc of this movie is like her trying to prove her innocence to the police. Mm-hmm. And Sherlock gets involved too. And for a second, he kind of, he's like, wait, did you murder this girl? <laughs> she's <laughs> like, no. So there, Sherlock's in a lot more than he was in the first one. And I think their relationship is really fun. They are both working on separate cases, but of course, they sort of dovetail mm-hmm. very nicely. Mm-hmm. And it's it's cool to see them working in juxtaposition like that. Mm-hmm. And I don't know how much of how much more of the plot I want to give you, but if you remember from the first movie, Tewksbury, Lord Tewksbury, who is played by Louis Partridge. Um, he is back. He was like the missing Viscount that she was looking for in the first movie. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So he's back and he's in the House of Lords now and he is really into reform and trying to help help the people of London and England. And he and Enola are sort of dancing around each other, literally, because they go to a ball. Uh-huh. <laughs> but they're, you know, like they're... They have crushes on each other, and it's kind of cute to watch that unfold. <laughs> <laughs> and he teaches her to dance, and then she teaches him to fight at one point in the in the movie. It's cute. <laughs> <Aww>. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm not going to give you any more of the plot, but Helena Bottom Carter comes back in the present as well, along with Susie Wacoma as Edith, and... They're not in it that much, but I I really enjoyed the parts that they were. Mm -hmm. And it's cool that... I mean, I think Netflix envisions this as a continuing series. And I am going to spoil one little thing. But at the end, Dr. Watson finally shows up. Oh. Yeah, and he's played by Himesh Patel, who is from Station Eleven. If you watch okay. that. 
Did, yes. we, did you watch it? I, okay. I watched some of it. I didn't finish it yet. Yeah, but, yeah. I didn't finish it either. <laughs> <laughs> so that's really cool. And I think that that will come into play in the next movie. And I hope there is a next movie. But one of the things that I enjoyed is that they brought more characters of color into the movie. And mm-hmm. I think some of those will play out very nicely. Because they also set up another character that (laughs) I don't want to spoil anything about, but they were very cool. And I think they're going to come back into play in the third movie. Um, So I'm kind of just excited to see where everything goes. There is, I mean, Enola is very feisty. So if you liked the first one, you're going to like this one a lot. It's very girl powery. And when she bands together with the matchbook girls, it's it gets very powerful at the end because it becomes about like working conditions and how we have to use one voice and make it louder than you know the people in charge and things like that. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I just I thought it was really good. It was like a really enjoyable Friday night. I don't know. <laughs> good. Well, that sounds fun. Yeah. Yeah, I'm definitely gonna watch it for sure. Cool. Yeah, I'm I'm waiting for like when my niece and nephew get to be like nine or ten mm-hmm. i i want to show to show these movies to them i Aww. think they would like them yeah cool <laughs> well great yeah so as a reminder barbarian is streaming currently on hbo max and you can find enola holmes 2 as well as the first one as well uh on netflix next week we'll be talking about some more great pop culture stuff so be sure to join us then our theme music is by Joseph McDade. You can find me on Twitter at Carrie Gessner. And me at KW Taylor Writer. And the show on Twitter at Pause Pop Podcast. You can also find our website at PositivelyPopCulture.com. And from there, you can find the link to the merch store, as well as our email, which is PositivelyPopCulture at gmail.com. And please, if you're enjoying the show, rate and review us wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. Stay healthy and safe. And join us next time for another episode of Pause Pop.